Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So the best thing that happened, in my opinion, in Saturday night's preseason loss to the Cincinnati Bengals is that on the sixth play when Tom Brady was sacked, he got off the ground and he walked to the sideline. And all is well. You can start breathing again. I know that this is one of the things, uh, Steve Bursnick, that you know Bruce Arians is, uh, you know, probably thinks I and other people are overreacting to because football players fly, play football for as long as I've covered it. But I'll be damned if I'm going to put <laughs> Brady in preseason, much less when Alex Kappa and Donovan Smith decide not to block at the same time. And this guy gets hit. That was a scary moment, I thought, well, if you were a Buccaneer fan. I was shocked he was playing because of all the rain that happened earlier. Right, now, granted, right. Granted, Raymond James Stadium field, like most NFL fields, drains really well. And mm-hmm. even though your lawn may be underwater, that field isn't. Right. But it's still slicker than normal. Your guy just had surgery in the offseason. He's not wearing a knee brace for the first time in years. Yeah, I wouldn't have put him out there either. I mean, it was scary. And if I had him out there, you know, they, they started off backed up and they, they did, uh, you know, he threw a check down to um, Giovanni Bernard, who does what Giovanni Bernard is going to do all year, which is going to be phenomenal, by the way. I mean, that guy picked up two first downs on a couple of, of uh, option routes. But, you know, and you get in a situation where it's third and long, you're kind of backed up and you're in the shotgun. And I'm like, man, this ball's not coming out in a three-step drop and it does wouldn't matter if it did um, simply because – they they missed the blocks and and that can't happen. So, uh, you know, look, it it was whatever that was. It's not going to happen this week because we talked to Bruce Arians. They've got the Tennessee Titans coming in here to to have a joint practice with them, both on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, those are going to be controlled scrimmages essentially. And, and and the great thing about these, and I don't know, you know, if it wasn't for the greed of NFL owners, that's right. I said the greed of NFL owners. That, that want to charge full price for preseason games, even though there's three now and there's 17 regular season games, um, there's really no need for preseason. What I would do is have these controlled scrimmages because a couple of things that are really good about them. One, you don't hit the quarterback. Nobody's quarterback is going out before the season begins. I was going back and looking at, at, at different preseasons where how many quarterbacks, so many quarterbacks have been hurt. Uh, some of them lost for the year. It just doesn't make sense. It never has to me. And, and you know, you can also dial up situations. You still get the full speed look. Um, you're maybe not tackling to the ground. But you're going against another team that can't predict what you're going to do, and you have to react to what they do. And that's really what football is. And it can get you as prepared for the regular season as anything we saw out there the other day. Look, they're playing four quarters to try to settle about five roster spots on this team. Now, other teams uh, might yeah. have yeah, on more this than team, that. Yes. But – you know, and I, and I know what the value is for for young guys to play in the NFL and play a game and get the jitters out and you know stand in front of the mirror and see yourself, see your dream being fulfilled in an NFL uniform and how you react to the bright lights and all of that. And the speed of the game is certainly different. The speed of the regular season will be different still. Um, I get it all. I know it's football. I know there's certain football things you have to do to get ready for the football season. I get all of it, but I just don't think that at this level. Um, the the risk and the reward is just not there. Other unless you're talking about a financial one for the owner. So they played a whole season last year. It, it wasn't ideal to say the very least. They didn't really have much of a training camp. They had no preseason games, and you know what? They got through it. Mm-hmm. And I still think the best team won the Super Bowl. And I don't think that the product was hurt all that bad. I really don't. Um, we can look at our injuries and soft tissue. We can see who was in shape, who wasn't, all of that. Maybe that was a factor. I don't know. But I just don't think you need three preseason games. And because the Titans are coming in, Bruce Arians said, we're going to have a couple of real physical practices. And I don't mean tackle to the ground like it's game conditions physical, and they're not going to hit the quarterbacks. But, but 
you know, they're going to be leaning on each other, and it's another team. Um, and by the time they're done Wednesday and Thursday doing that, you're only, you know, 48 hours from kickoff. Arians pretty much told us, you know, on Sunday that we're not going to play. We're probably not going to play our starters in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, our guys are going to be working hard those two days, and I'm not going to put that on them to go out there and play a game. Now, you need somebody to play the game. Um, and they're cutting down, I think, to 80-something players. They cut three players, as a matter of fact. We'll get into that in just a minute. But I I just think that, you know, you're not going to play Tom Brady this week. You get to the third game at Houston, right? Do you approach that as, or is that the third, like, is that like the third preseason game used to be where the starters might play, sometimes even in the second half? Or... Since it's the last preseason game, and this is the mentality of head coaches for as long as I've covered the league, they keep thinking about, I'm one play away. I'm 10 plays away. I'm one quarter away. One quarter away from having all their guys healthy. In other words, if I keep Brady and my entire offensive line and all my starting receivers and my defense and my defensive line and my secondary, if I keep them over on the sidelines with me, every minute that goes by in that final preseason game, when they come off the field, Guess what? I'm starting the season with all my guys. Nobody is hurt. That's the greatest feeling in the world you can have when preseason ends. So, you're, and to my mind, you're not going to play them in the last game. So I think we've seen Tom Brady probably for the last time in a preseason game this year. And, and, and I think you should be fine with it if you're a Bucks fan. In fact, you should be deliriously happy because it means that he's probably going to start um, and be healthy for the Dallas Cowboys when they kick off the season, September 9th. I don't know if Dak Prescott will. That's another issue. You know, He's got his shoulder problem. They're talking about playing him a couple series in this next preseason game. I don't know that I would. Um, same reason. But, you know, we'll just have to see how they work it. But when Arian says, look, after a couple of physical days, we're probably not going to play anybody, I would believe him. Because, and even though he said, and it was funny because I asked, do you have any regrets when you sat there watching Tom Brady with two, you know, Cincinnati Bengals on top of him. Um, he said, ah, he folded like a cheap tent. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing he, he knows how to do that, and he's been doing it for years, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, what? He's lost, what, one season in his 20-plus year career? That's it, with a torn career? ACL. Yeah, yeah. 2008. I mean, he knows how to avoid injuries. When he gets pressure, he's going to dump the ball. He's going to get mm-hmm. rid of it, or he's going to fall on his own. I mean, he knows how to do that. There's a reason he's been as successful as long as he has. He knows what he's doing. I disagree with you a little bit on the preseason, though. And, and it's funny because I, I always, fans always get upset about preseason games. But you never hear people get upset about spring training games or NHL preseason games. They don't charge full price. Well, I don't and, know about and, the NHL, but so they don't base, in baseball. Baseball, you don't, it's not part of your season package because it's not right. even played in your stadium. Right. You, know, you go to Florida or Arizona. Mm-hmm. The NHL, you add two or three games onto a 40-game package. You don't notice it that much. In the mm-hmm. NFL, it's it, the fans get upset purely about the cost, and that part I completely understand. You know, and and a few years ago, teams just raised their ticket prices and lowered their preseason prices, and you know, said, "Hey, we don't charge this at full price anymore." But I st- I still think there's value in the pre for the starters and a team like the Bucks. No, uh, you know, does their starting defense and offense need to be out there? No, but I think for young guys trying to make an impact, make a career, put something on tape in front of fans and this, that, and the other. I, I still think it's, I think it's valuable for coaching staffs, to particularly new coaching staffs, to you know how things are going to operate on the sideline and on the headsets in this. And, and there's a lot of – now, do you need three or four preseason games? No, I do two. One in each – you know, one home, one away, be done. Well, that's where we're headed. Yeah. We're headed to two because they're going to have an 18-game season right. and, and most starters, and, and particularly if you've got a team like the Bucks, where every starter's back and – it, it's your, your coaching staff's all back and the systems are all the same. No, I mean, your, your, your top line guys need to play. No, not at all. And, and, may, and, and maybe, maybe you even adjust the rules in, in the, the preseason games. Maybe it's not a full 60 minutes because if your starters and stuff aren't going to play, you may right. not have enough players to do the whole thing. So maybe, you know, I don't know how you do it, but I still think there's value in the preseason. Now, to charge full ticket prices? No. I mean, I wouldn't pay full price for, for – I wouldn't pay the same price that I'm going to pay to go see – the New Orleans Saints come in here this year, or right. the Dallas Cowboys on opening night, as I would pay for preseason. But I, I still think there's value in preseason. But to the fans buying tickets, I, I understand 
that part of the I don't like that part of it. But preseason itself, there's there's a lot of things that can be taken from that. And, and the joint practices are great, and I think that helps the starters in those And because you're protecting players, but yet you're still not facing your own defense and, you know, you're facing somebody new in that. I think it's all good. But, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't think we're seeing Tom Brady the rest of the preseason. And if I was Bruce Arians, I wouldn't put him out there the rest of the preseason. Right. And, and listen, I, I know everything you're saying is true. And, you know, not everybody if you're if you're Urban Meyer and you're in Jacksonville mm-hmm. you're still trying to figure out if you have you know 53 mm-hmm. or 58 good players or guys that you want to keep yeah, much it's a less whole new coaching staff that's come together yeah, so how you're, are they you're 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 putting in your system right you mm-hmm. you got to see them in your defense you got to see them calling your defense you got to see if the quarterbacks can get guys lined up i mean there's so much of a bigger learning curve with a a, a rookie quarterback in you know uh, in Trevor Lawrence versus a Tom Brady who's played 20, 21 years. I, all of that is true, and it is different for each team. There's no question about that. So from that standpoint, is it a valuable tool? Yeah, it is because, you know, some guys, and this is also true, some guys can practice and not do very much, and then you, and then you, mm-hmm. you turn on the lights and the game starts, and they're, just, they're gamers. They just are. They, just, mm-hmm. they know the game. They, they're football players. They maybe don't run fast from the forty time, all that, but they just have their instinctive. And when it's time to play football, they're out there just balling. And then there's other guys that got all the measurables in the world, but then you put them in a game and they disappear. You don't you don't see them make any plays. So it's useful to see which guys you have there when they're new players or guys from other teams, whatever. What happens is, and, and there's no way to avoid this, right? Like the Bucks had a bunch of guys, particularly at the center position, that were injured. They re-signed this uh, Earl Watford, who you know has played with Bruce both in Arizona and in Tampa Bay. And this guy was in here all of a couple days, and I, I suppose he must have kept himself in pretty good shape. He wound up playing almost the entire game, and I don't know if he has a chance to make this football team or not. A lot of times those guys won't, but they're serving a purpose because they're getting you through a preseason game so that you can look at everybody else. And it's just kind of a nasty business that way, but mm-hmm. he's got his opportunity, and you know, again, maybe he's another injury away and it sticks and he shows that he's in shape and he's able to jump in, no reps, knows the offense, and and gets you through an entire football game. And sometimes that might be with the role that he would have on your team. But it just But there's also tape for other teams if they need a There's tape. That's correct. Woman. And that's so important for the young players and, and others. I, I, I get it. You know, not everybody's a Tampa Bay Bucks with this many starters and there's gonna be some good football players cut from this team. In fact, some have already been cut. Including your guy, Cameron Kinley. Man, really, really. I mean, he, look, I watch practice. He's not their worst defensive back by far. Okay, and there might be something to this that goes, you know, beyond just hey, let's keep this guy around, um, give him a good evaluation until the end of camp, then cut him. I don't, I don't know what I don't know, um, but. I was surprised because for all that he went through, um, essentially a media campaign, you know, the, the, the interim uh, Department of Defense uh, director, uh, you, you know, he, he was the one that initially said that he couldn't have his commission deferred or delayed. And then when the new administration came in, eventually that was rescinded and, and he was allowed to uh, try to begin an NFL career. Maybe he gets picked up by another team. Maybe he comes back here on the practice squad. I really don't know. I haven't talked to the Bucks. I don't know what they're thinking. My guess is he didn't show up on special teams like they needed him to, or they didn't run fast enough or play hard enough or you know physical enough. I don't know. Um, but he's gone, and you know that that was a bit of a shock to me. And and I'm sure there's more to it. You know, he does have a job waiting for him, a very important one. Uh, when he begins his commission in the Navy as an officer, I think he's in intelligence, and so he'll be playing a more valuable role for the country's defense than he will for the Bucks. But I, I was a little surprised at that. So they're already starting to. Uh, I think Josh Pearson, a wide receiver, was released as well. I think he was one of the guys that uh, uh, Kyle Trask threw a great ball to that he was unable to come up with down the field. So you know these these things happen in training camp, but um, but yeah, I mean. There, there are pluses and minuses to, to preseason games. There's no question about that, and it, it does depend on what program you're in. On the whole, I hate it, I, and I hate it. I hate it every year because 
the only thing that's really at the end of the day, you're paid to evaluate these. Because here's the other thing that, that I, you know, I I see these guys and the coaches see these guys in practice every single day, okay. And yeah, game is different in practice, and you know, and sort of when you go against your own guys, they kind of can anticipate and cheat and do things. But like I said, they're gonna have these. They're gonna have these two practices with Tennessee. You could do more of that, but I know who can play and who can't play, and and I'm not a trained eye. I guarantee you that I could, and maybe it's easier. Again, there's more guys coming back. I get it, but but these coaches know what they're looking at. They know what they're looking for. They know who can learn. They know who can uh, help them on special teams. Um, they know who can accept their roles. All of that, and some of it's a business. If you if you're a drafted player. You're going to get more run than if you're undrafted. That's just the business of football, right? But, you know, don't tell me that within a player or two. Could you make a mistake or two, I suppose? But that that happens anyway. I don't know, um, Rick. Have you seen some of these teams play in the NFL? I don't think some of them can evaluate talent very well. Well, I, <laughs> I, I'm making a joke. but No, I mean, I think the coaches can once. You're right. The coaches don't pick the players. This is the problem. Like, there might be a few, but the, for the most part, You've got GM and front office and scouting staff, and you're only as good as the guys they bring you. And then you got they they bring you the ingredients, and you got to cook the meal. That's why Bill Parcells says you might as well let me buy the groceries if I got to cook the meal. Um, so some teams are better at it than others. There's no question about that. But I I just it's football, man. Like it's football. Like guys have been in football. They've been coaching football. They've been playing football. They they know football. They know a player when they see one. They just know. You know, they know who fits their scheme, who doesn't fit their scheme. You know, who can learn, who can't learn, who who they want to invest. It's just, it's not, it's just not that hard. You know, getting getting twelve plays in a preseason game or twenty even sometimes. I don't know that you can change people's minds and wipe out everything you did at practice for three weeks or, or not. I don't know. I just think it's highly overrated. That's why they were able to do away with it last year and still have a very competitive season mm-hmm. um, and finish with a Super Bowl champion. And you know, I was standing out there the other day, and again, this is me ranting because you know I'm walking on the sun like everybody else at 97 degrees. But you know, I'm standing out there and I'm thinking, we're 30 something at the time. We were 30 days, and we're damn near 30 days now. We were like 30 days away, 30 like a month away. From playing a game that mattered. I mean, that's a long time. A lot of things can happen and not good things. <laughs> you know, all that can be is bad. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it is. You know, somebody's going to get hurt. Um, it, it's going to cost your football team. It's going to be tragic for them. And that's what's going to happen between now and September 9th or whatever when they kick it off is that they're going to lose players. And if you don't, you're just one of the few lucky teams because those are the assassins in the NFL. You know, teams can lose their seasons if the wrong guys go out, mm-hmm. period. Look, I'm convinced last year, and part of this might have been COVID, part of it might have just been injuries, the Kansas City Chiefs, who made it to a Super Bowl, who were the best team in the AFC, may have had a different outcome for their season had they not had you know a bunch of players on the offensive line get hurt, opt out, retire, whatever. And they were playing with four of the five offensive linemen that didn't play in the previous Super Bowl. And they got absolutely destroyed because those guys, most Super Bowl teams don't have five good off. Any team has good five good offensive linemen, much less ten. Okay? So, you know, they're for as great as they were, for as much as they accomplished, which was amazing, they got back to a Super Bowl. It's so hard to do. They, they didn't win because, you know, they got some guys hurt, they had COVID, whatever. And, you know, they just couldn't overcome it. So imagine how that happens on every level at every team. There's going to be some quarterbacks. There's going to be some receivers. There's going to be some key players, defensive players, um, that are going to change the fortunes of your season before you play a game. It's just going to happen. And and I hate it because that's not, you know, but that's that's the nature of the business. It's a collision sport. It's a physical sport. you got to have some luck. That's why I think the Bucks had tremendous luck last year, getting Vita Vea back. Mm-hmm. When they did was tremendous luck. So I think they were the team they lost the least amount of games from starters to injury. Yeah, all yeah. season. I mean that. Right. That's huge. Yeah, and they battled COVID. Like Bruce Arians did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. He only had a couple guys, Ronald Jones being one of them that actually got COVID because he was on their butts about 
everything with the protocols and don't be the guy that lets us down. And, you know, just all of that was all part of it. And, you know, they managed to, uh, to navigate all that and win a Super Bowl. Good on them. But, yeah, put me down for it. I hate preseason. Like the joint practices, going to be fun this week, all of that. But what are you going to do? Let's talk about some of the guys that did stand out and um, not in any particular order. But uh, Joe Tryon. Pick up your copy of They're Not Allowed to Hit a Quarterback in the NFL Rulebook. I was going to say, how how are you supposed to tackle the quarterback now? I mean, <laughs> do we just put different colored jerseys on the quarterbacks in the games now? Because Two-hand touch, man, yeah. I mean, he could have destroyed him. He didn't. Yes, he pulled up. Yes. He actually crawled over top of him rather than put his full body weight. Like the, the rule is that if you are tackling the quarterback, you're not supposed to go you know, put your full weight into him um, and, and sort of like – land on him and, and drive him into the ground per se. Joe didn't do that in at any case. I when I looked at the replay, I I saw him actually taking his weight off of him and kind of crawling over top once he got him on the ground. But on top of that, what Bruce Arians um claim was like, look, this guy faked the spread option. Yes, he still got the football and yes he can still throw it. But at that point, he's kind of a running back too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, his argument was I'm not hitting a quarterback. I'm hitting a guy with a ball. You know, how does he get protection all over the field? But I guess he does. That's what the NFL wants. They want to protect these guys. And uh, but but I'll say this about Joe: he showed up, man. That dude for for getting him last with the last pick uh, in the first round. Phenomenal talent, phenomenal upside. Uh, was disruptive. You know, was was in the face of the quarterback. Uh, you know, during one of those interceptions. Um, just, you know, for his first start, not start, but for his first time out there, he looked really, really good. He's going to help them this year. It's unquestionable that he's going to be a good, a good catch for them. Um, it's not going to get talked about much. I wrote about it in the Tampa Bay times on tampa.com. Kyle Trask played pretty well. He was four of 15 and yet he played pretty well. He did. I would have liked to seen a little more intermediate play out of them. Although as he said, look, this is the looks they were giving me was to throw the ball deep. So I did. Right. And he threw two dimes that in, in you would hope that those, those are low percentage throws and catches, but yet they were right in his receiver's hands. You would like at least one of those to be caught, um, if not both. And if they would have been, he would have had a big day. And, you know, and again, for all, you know, when you look at quarterbacks in those situations, what you're really trying to do is say, how did he handle, you know, getting in and out of the huddle? Did he line up his players right? Um, you know, did he throw to the right guy? Uh, did he stand in the pocket or did he have happy feet? One thing I can tell you about Kyle Trask, he took some shots now. He will stare down the gun barrel um, and he will stand in there and deliver the football. That was impressive because he had guys all around him the whole time. And, and you know, don't forget, he's throwing to guys that weren't as talented as the receivers he had at Florida, you know? I mean, most of them. And then that Kyle Pitts who's sitting in Atlanta right, right now. and Exactly. You know, others like that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, from that standpoint, I thought, hey, he d- he did his job. He delivered the ball. He went to the right receiver. Um, he looked better than Ryan Griffin, who you know threw it over the middle a couple times, got him intercepted, which was not uh, a very good day for him. But um, I was impressed with Kyle. And again, the the idea is for him not to play. You don't want him to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a guy that hasn't had a ton of reps, that is learning the offense. It wasn't, as Bruce Arians told us on Sunday, it wasn't too big for him. And that's what you wanted to see. Um, he's going to be their third quarterback. Gabbert's going to be the backup. I don't know if they'll carry Ryan Griffin or not uh, as uh, a member of their practice squad. That remains to be seen. But I thought he was very, very good. As was, and they raved about this guy too, and I've been telling you the coaches have thought he's one of the most improved players mm-hmm. they've seen, Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn... Uh, didn't have a great running average because he carried the ball a lot. What he did do is play lights out on special teams, which is what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that on, on one of those plays, I think it was one of the kickoffs uh, or punt returns, he came he came from across the field, and you know they they have an ability now with with all their GPS uh, technology, they can they can measure the speed of these players. He hit twenty two miles an hour on a kickoff. They didn't know he was even pot. He could go that fast. He was running that fast. Um, 
as a gunner covering one of the kicks. That's how you make a football team. They're going to give him a chance in this next game, I think, to return uh, some kickoffs as he has done before, uh, see if he can help them in that area as well. Um, but, you know, again, on a, in a day where you don't want to run Ronald Jones too much, you don't want to run playoff Lenny too much, you saw what Giovanni Bernard is, you know what he's going to be for your football team, that third down back, which is great. He did a great job. You know, that fourth running back is got a chance to make your football team if Vaughn can do it on special teams. So I thought he was very good. Um, who else? I mean, it, it, it was a it was an ugly game. You know, it was one of those games where uh, neither team could really get a lot of momentum. There's a lot of turnovers. The Bucks had four. They forced four turnovers. Um, well, they even intercepted know, I, one and gave it right back on the same play. Gave it, oh, it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's got to that's got to hurt. Oh. Uh, so it was a good pick. Yeah, no, it was an outstanding catch. He stuck one hand up in the air, got the deflection, and then we left. And then he just lost the ball. It was yep. kind of inexplicable how he how he's returning, and it just kind of went back to uh, went back to Cincinnati. So, so we haven't talked about the most puzzling play. You score a touchdown. You put the ball at the two yard line, but you have your kicker out there, and you're running some fake formation in the first preseason game. And then you line yeah, you up, know. you take the kick. And it's good, yeah. but it's an illegal kick because you didn't kick it from the the, the twenty yard line. Or you put the ball on the two, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. What was- when you <laughs> well, Bruce said that he goes. I guess we didn't communicate this very well. First of all, I don't know how you would call that play and not run it. Like that's a fake. That's a yeah. fake field goal play. Now, you're you have to declare whether you're kicking or not mm-hmm. because if you're kicking, the ball is going to be moved back. I think to the fifteen. Fifteen, correct. Uh, if you're going for two, they're going to put the ball at the two-yard line. Okay, they put the ball at the two-yard line. That means you're going for two. They split their lines way out. They had essentially a center. Bradley Pinion was the quarterback, and the running back um, was Ryan Suckup. And I saw them I saw them practicing this play, and it was weird. I, I mean, this is what preseason's for, I suppose. You score a touchdown, you want to try your tricky – Two point. I wouldn't want to put it on film, by that's, the way. That's what I'm saying. I, Why are you putting it on film? If I do film? it now, then everybody sees it, and now they're going to defend it. Um, but whatever he was supposed to do, he called off. And then he put the ball down, and they kicked an old-fashioned extra point from the 20-yard line. And uh, even though it went through, it was no – It was yeah. as they said in the game sheet, the official word is aborted. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> word for what happened there. It was well, aborted, all you, right. You can only do those plays now on a field goal, not an extra point, because of the difference of where you spot the ball. Right, exactly. But exactly. But like, but, but why would you put that on coach tape? Even call that? Yeah. Why I would you know. do that in a in a, in, in a preseason game? In a preseason game? No, I don't know. Unless you're just saying we want we want teams to think about this. And uh, okay, well they're going to think about it, but not at the two yard line. I mean, mm-hmm. if you got your kicker and your punter in there at the two, you're not kicking it. And if you do, good, then we just stopped you because they're not going to count it. So, um, yeah, poor communication at best and worse execution. But I don't know. I don't know that we ever really got a great explanation for it. He just said, you know, what we were trying to do, and we know, you know, we know you can't kick it there. Um, it was just it was just bad. See, this it's is why you need preseason. you got to work out these communication issues. Well, I suppose. But, I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, it was – why are we working on this stuff anyway? Just kick the ball. We're talking I mean, about just practice. Kick the ball. We're talking about practice. Yeah, man. Just kick the ball. It's not a big deal. But anyway, one down, two to go. Thank God. Thank God. Now comes the Tennessee Titans and um, and Mike Vrabel, who has an interesting history as a teammate of Tom Brady's, now coaching, of course, in the NFL. You wonder, too, you know, because there's a lot of teams that were rumored to have been interested in Tom Brady or Brady interested in them. One of those teams was the Tennessee Titans because of his relationship with Mike Vrabel. And remember Tom going on that barbershop show and saying that there, you know, he couldn't believe like one team and he said, you're going to stick with that blankety blank. Uh, you wonder if that was Tennessee. I personally think it was either nobody or San Francisco, but could have been Ryan Tannehill he was talking about to Mike Vrabel. So it's going to be interesting. And they also have a couple of fun matchups that would be great to watch. Again, no tackling to the ground necessarily. They're going to practice the same way. But when you got a team like the Titans that run Derrick Henry at you downhill, that's going to be an interesting practice. Like, you better come to play because 
that offensive line and those guys, they know how to uh, – 2,000 and what was it, 2,025, 27 yards last season, 17 touchdowns, I think. Just crazy numbers for Derrick Henry, who is about as big or bigger than Shaq Barrett. I mean, he's a running back. You know, he's like six foot three, 247 pounds, and he can fly. Uh, that is a hard man to tackle. He's a big, big human being. And then and the Bucks have been The Bucks have been the best run defense the last two they seasons. Have. They have. They got the, they got the girth inside to do mm-hmm. it. But those those would be nice collisions. And then you got Julio Jones, who has tormented the Bucks his entire career. He's made a career off the Bucks, playing them twice a year. I can remember personally two or maybe three, two hundred and fifty yard games against this football team. I mean, think about that. Two hundred fifty. He's done that more than once against the Bucks, and he now is with the Titans. So you can imagine some good one on one matchups between him and Carlton Davis or Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So I think that's going to be fun to watch. So it's always always good to have another team. Breaks the monotony of training camp for sure. Uh, the Bucks are going to practice today. I think they'll be inside, and, and then they go back. Today's practice is in the afternoon. They go back tomorrow in the morning, and then it's Tennessee at around, I think, 10 a.m. or so on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday there's no media, and then Saturday, of course, they play the game. And, again, if you're going to the game, if you have tickets um, – don't expect to see Tom Brady. Don't hold your breath for a lot of the starters playing in that game. At least that's what Bruce Arian says. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Uh, not such a good weekend, but a pretty good road trip for the Tampa Bay Rays. But they dropped two to three to the Minnesota Twins, including the walk-off on Sunday. Well, let's start with Friday night. They had their seventh straight game of scoring eight runs or more. Yeah. No. Which, that yeah. There's been two teams in history that have scored eight runs or more in seven straight games on a road trip. And you'll remember these, Rick. The 1929 New York Giants did it seven sure. times. Sure. Very well. And the 1930 mm-hmm. Philadelphia A's did it nine times. Wow. So it had been uh, over 90 years since a team had gone seven straight road games on a road trip and scored eight runs or more. Now, what does that say to you? Does that say they're a great offense? Because then they turned around on one of these games, and didn't, on, I think it was Saturday night, didn't get a runner past first base. Yeah, well, they, that was a good pitcher in Maeda uh, for the, okay. the Twins on Saturday night. And Michael Waka didn't help you no. on the mound. Um, he's been he terrible. Might, he might be done for the Rays. I mean, he's, he's been terrible. Like, three straight outings have been awful. Yeah. Uh, that ball just hangs there right yeah. now. It's There's no movement to those pitches whatsoever. He's not fooling anybody. Never seen a guy not only have more contact, but there's no swing and miss. Like, there's zero swing and miss on this guy. They not only don't swing and miss, but they hammer it every time. It's incredible. I mean, you got to wonder how much longer the Rays are going to try to stay with Michael Waka. But who are you going to bring up? I mean, you know, maybe Chris Archer, who's starting a rehab. Uh, Shane Boz is back from Japan. He just had his first uh, appearance since uh, pitching in Japan on Sunday. Uh, but you got some guys you probably need to lengthen out a little bit first. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, it'll be curious what they do with Michael Walker or if he can figure it out and, and fix something, whatever's wrong. But, yeah, Saturday was not a good game. Sunday they missed a lot of opportunities. Um, at what at, On the eighth inning had uh, Franco was at third base with one out, couldn't get him in. Uh, I don't. I don't like Margot bunting in the eighth inning with no outs and Franco's on second. Um, he sacrificed Bunny. He did get the runner over, but when Jordan Luplo's your next batter, that's not the guy I want driving him in from third. I would have rather seen Margot swing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it was called or if he just did it on his own. He might have done it on his own. Yeah, I don't know that either. You know, now if if you had like you know Austin Meadows or Nelson Cruz or somebody coming up behind you as Margot, then go ahead and bunt him over. But with Jordan Luplo, I don't know if I like that play. But it wasn't an awful play. But you know, they just, they missed some opportunities on Sunday. I mean, they, they were down four to one, came back and tied it, and then ended up losing in a walk off hit. 
uh, to end in the bottom of the ninth. So, right. but look, you, you you go on a nine game road trip, three city road trip. You go six and three. You'll take that every time. And you get the yeah. Orioles coming to town now. That's right, and they've they've owned them, and they have a chance to to win a series there. You just keep keep winning series. They that's mm-hmm. one of the rare series they lost to not a great baseball team, but it happens. Good road trip, three game lead now over the Red Sox as we um, enter this next one. So yeah, the Orioles in town who've lost eleven in a row, and you are eleven and one against them this year. Yeah, but I'll say this: look, I don't know if they're going to win the East. I assume they'll make the playoffs. I just can't believe that when you have one, maybe two starters, if you count Louis, Louis Patino, um, Patino, uh, that you know, with Shane McClanahan and him, and then and then a cast of thousands, you know, could you get Archer back? Well, what has Archer been? You know what I mean? What what is what is a cr- healthy Chris Archer anyway? Do we even know? When was the last time somebody had to count on him to win a big game? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I th- I know. think look, if you get to the playoffs. And there's a difference. You need Chris Archer, I think, in this regular season, particularly if Michael Waka is doing what he's doing. Yeah. When you get to the playoffs, you're not on the schedule of last year where it was, you know, the five-game series was five straight days. Right. You're playing two, off day, play two, off day, You need one. three pitchers, though, right? Three well, starters. You're going to have some bullpen days. You're going to have some bullpen days. Yeah. And your hope is by the time the playoffs come around, Nick Anderson's there. J.P. Fireisen's back. I mean, you're going to have – you've already got a bullpen that's kicking butt now, but you're going to add some arms to that. Right. Colin McHugh is going to be a big part of that. And he's starting today. They're not letting Josh Fleming start tonight against the Orioles. Colin McHugh mm-hmm. will take the start. Presumably Fleming will be the bulk guy coming after McHugh or somewhere in the game. Um, and I think that's probably better for Fleming, who hasn't been very good his last few outings either. Right. That, you know, let McHugh start, let the hitters face him first, and then switch to Fleming. It may help He's better out. at home, though. That's the one thing yes. that you can say about Fleming. He's been better at home. That's true, too. So that'll help tonight. But, you know, I think the Rays are banking on they've got enough arms in that bullpen. They can put bullpen days together between McClanahan and Patino to work it out in the postseason. Now, whether it'll work or not, who knows? Right. You know, if, if Archer gives you something, fantastic. If Shane right. Boz comes up and, and, and performs and he's another arm potentially in your – your bullpen, even better. I mean, you know, I think some of these pitchers that you're, you've got on this roster that are playing regularly aren't going to necessarily be in the playoff roster. I think you're going to see, you know, when you get some more of these relievers healthy, you know, I think um, Colin McHugh's going to be there. Yarbrough will probably be there for a, a bulk guy at some point. Probably won't right. start. Right. Uh, but would Michael Waka make the roster now? No. No. Uh, Fleming, would he make that roster? I don't know right now i think he would he, i mean i don't know if you're gonna use him as a starter or a bulk yeah. guy but i think he can get some hitters out and he might he might in a seven game series but not so a five game series and, true and you're hoping you're not in the wild card game which is a one one game playoff right. you know you're hoping that you win the division your first round's five five games so right it just doesn't feel i mean it just doesn't feel to me anyway and it's remarkable i, I can't imagine how they have done this they still are one of the best teams, one of the best organizations. They're, they've been very hot offensively, but it just doesn't feel like a team that's going to go to the World Series. And if they did, how are you going to beat the San Francisco Giants or the Dodgers or the or the, well, you know, the San Diego Padres? Like, but if, with, with all if, the pitching that those teams have, well, and, and there's a good point. But what they've shown you the last week is this team can also hit, and Nelson Cruz makes that lineup a lot more thick. Oh, he totally has. He totally has changed it. And, you know, he, he, he adds some protection for guys in the lineup. And yeah. and now he's got some protection in the lineup. And so, you know, maybe they but, don't have to win one nothing games in the playoffs. Maybe not. Maybe they but can I win still, a 4-3 game. I still want to see them hit mm-hmm. against good pitching. I agree. Against really good pitching. They haven't beaten a lot of guys. Look, I you know, a couple guys in Boston were going okay. I mean, but they haven't. They haven't faced. They've beaten good you know, bullpen guys. They have not beaten right. good starters. And, but you that's, been, that's been the, what they've the done Houston for years. Houston Astros staff. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you haven't faced, you know. Uh, I think the White Sox is the team that scares me the most in the American The League. White Sox are very good. Yeah. I think they're starting pitching and what they have in, 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 in arms. I think that scares me more than the Astros. The Astros can hit more. Right. But I think you know if you're the, the race, White Sox can hit a little bit too. Oh no, they can hit. But I'm saying the Astros may have the best lineup in in the American League. Right, right. But I th- I think the White Sox pitching staff scares me more than Houston's. By the way, we didn't talk about this. 
One of the greatest things I've ever seen was that Field of Dreams game. That was pretty cool. It was, it was an amazing baseball game, but the I think it's one of the smartest things baseball has done. Leading into and, it, I was just like, yeah, it's cool. You know, it's neat, whatever. I, they did a hell of a job. They did a phenomenal job coming through the cornfields, the whole thing, Kevin Costner. I mean, it and, was And even so writing good. in a Yankee walk-off loss. I mean, it was perfect. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Everything but Shoeless Joe showed up to hit the home run, but yeah, it was it was fantastic. I mean, and now the Yankees are the only major league team to lose a game in Iowa, um, which is nice. The Yankees lose, but they they didn't. You know, I don't know that there's a somebody was. I heard this conversation the other day. Is there a football equivalent to that? In other words, could you you know? Hockey has its outdoor series, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that like, they play them on some ponds and some things like that. I and mean, they've done it in historic places like like uh, yeah. Fenway Park and you know different different yep. venues. Like that. Is there something related? Is there something football related that they could do that that would even approach what baseball did with the Field of Dreams game? It might have been Joe Buck's fan uh, that tweeted it, and it was, "What if you staged a football game?" on uh, essentially an aircraft carrier at Pearl Harbor on December 7th and build a football field on an aircraft carrier and did it there or something like that. It's not, I mean, it's not the same of Field of Dreams like a movie. Yeah. You know, but a pretty a cool, unique venue. I mean, yeah. basketball's done it on aircraft They've carriers. They've played them on an They've aircraft. Done co- yeah, college basketball's d- done that a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, I mean, it's not the equivalent because, I mean, the Field of Dreams is romanticized from a movie. Right, and they did that there. Um, you know, and football's played everywhere, so I, I don't. Right. You know, because the college is so popular too, so it's not like you know you go to some state. Well, they've had college football big games for years. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen college football. What the the Tennessee Virginia Tech played at the Bristol Speedway had one hundred fifty six thousand people. It's the most attended college game ever. Yeah, I mean they've done that in college in some unique venues, but yeah, I don't know. I don't because you know every football movie. It's I mean the football. You know the one thing about baseball that's different than every other sport is every field's different. Yeah. You know I mean in, in football the field's a hundred yards plus ten yards for the end zone and it's you know fifty sixty yards across. Hockey's the same size rink. Right. You know internationally maybe it's a little different, but basketball it's the same size court. You know it's but more baseball, about what's around the yeah. stadium or what's around the field. You know. Yeah. Um, somebody suggested I was listening to one show and they're like, well, what what if you went to a, and I don't know, there is such a thing, but, you know, maybe it would be the Friday Night Lights type deal, you know, where you dial it back and go to a high school field and play, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said, mentioned Notre Dame, you know, with some of the better college venues, you know, if you had pro games at the big house in Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So you get that, more people. I mean, the NFL is, right. you know. They're going the other way. I mean, you know, they get a lot for their Super Bowls, but it's still only – you know, sixty, seventy. That's right. Thousand where, you know, in Ann Arbor or Columbus or a hundred, hundred ten, you know, yeah. Alabama, you're getting over a hundred thousand in the game. Yeah, which are you know storied venues, and and maybe that would add something to it. I don't know. Be interesting if that's uh, that's what you decide to do. But I mean, you know, I mean, the NFL's tried. You know, overseas they've done some games, but that's not yeah. the same as Field of Dreams. So. No, no. I mean, look, they've done it, in, and that's been done right. Wembley Stadium, Tottenham, mm-hmm. some of the great. Soccer or football venues, yeah, as Mexico they would call City it over they've there. gone to. Yeah. And that's been cool. And it still is cool. I mean, it's cool to go over there. It's cool to see the fans' reaction to American football and how in, they're into it. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's a neat thing that they'll continue to do because I'm convinced that they're going to have a team in London sooner than later anyway because of the TV money uh, opportunities over there. So, but, yeah, I thought I – thought, that was the neatest thing that baseball has done, and to have a great game where I think Stanton hit a two-run homer in the in the top of the ninth, and then they had a two-run homer or a home run. In, yeah, Tim Anderson the walked of the it off. Yeah, it was a phenomenal game, and um, and just to see <laughs> see the ball fly into the cornfield, the open was great with the players. It, it just was so well done. And you're right, romanticized by a movie, no question. Um, James Earl Jones did some narrating. It's just so well produced that my hat's off to baseball, which rarely does things like this and pulls it off, but they certainly did that. Like I said, I was kind of going into it just going, ah, it's a cool idea, whatever, but they they did it well. I mean, even the things like the graphics on the scoreboard, like on on the screen. 
Oh, like, yes. Like the numbers cool. pulled away like it was the old style scoreboards like uh-huh. you see at Fenway or whatever. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, just even those little touches they did throughout the broadcast and the, and the setup and everything was really cool. And the great thing now they can, can they can make that a, a deal, right? They can they can pair two other teams. Yeah, you know, they said they're going the back Whites next year, so they're absolutely. You know, yep. And it, so I'm sure we'll be... see the Rays there next year, right? <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> they may be playing there. That might be where they're relocating. Hey, there's a field. You know, they say if you build it, they'll come. They, they should talking just played about the World Series there last year. Is what they well, done. when they say if they if you build it, they will come. That's what Stuart Sternberg's been saying for years, <laughs> right? So. The Rays may well be Iowa's team before this is all said and done. So now we're going to be three cities. It's going to be uh, Iowa, <laughs> well, Montreal, and Tampa. Yeah, if Montreal and Tampa can't pull it together, it'll be Iowa and somebody. Right? They'll be the field. It's like, well, we know a field. We know that. Look, there's one right up there in the cornfield. We'll go there. So, um, but it would, yeah, it would be cool. It'd be cool to see your team, whatever your team is, to to see them play. Uh, on that venue, and, and you can bet that's going to be an annual thing with Major League Baseball. All right, so what do we got coming well, up this two week? Quick, two quick things I want to get yeah. to. Uh, one, a happy birthday to a uh, frequent listener of ours. You ran into him a couple weeks ago, Tommy Leveron. I saw on uh, Saturday oh, yeah. at the happy birthday, Rays Watch Party. His birthday's today, so happy okay. birthday, Tommy. So is my daughter's. Oh, well, happy birthday. Yeah, Natasha Sophia, my oldest daughter, is going to be 12 today. I can hardly believe it. One Seems more like... year till you got a teenager. I know. It's sad. I don't know if I told you this. I, I said something um, maybe on one of the other podcasts, or maybe I didn't actually because I'm just recently back from Canton. So I was in, when I was in Canton, Ohio, I'm going to drop some names. I was hanging out with Ronnie Lott and his son, Hold on Ryan Neese. Okay. We all know. I got it. You got it? You got that one? That's a big one. Yep. That's a heavy one. Uh, and his son, Ryan Neese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Ryan said something to us. He has a young son, and he said, you know um, – one way you can kind of look at life when you, and, and the time you have, we were talking about how fast the girls were growing up and gee, they're going to be in high school and then in college. And, and I know how fast that goes with my son. And so um, he says, well, the way we look at it, he's just, he's like, how many summers are left? Because, you know, summertime is sort of when you spend maybe the most vacation time as a family or time together. Um, and they're not in school. Right. So they're kind of around. Mm-hmm. It's not the daily grind of get up, go to school, come home, weekend, sure, the year goes by. But summer times, how many summers are left? And I started to think about it. I got sad. Ooh. I got five summers. Ooh, That's ouch. it. Five. So when you look at your children and you think, oh, they're only nine, they're only 10, they're only 12, think of it in terms of how many summers are left with them. Now you just started making everyone depressed. I know. I'm sorry, but you know what? Maximize your time with your young ones because it it just it does. It or don't blink, as the song says. It's so true. So yeah, happy birthday to Tommy Ann and uh, Natasha. And then one other thing. Yeah. Did you see Alex Kalorn's expert trolling? <laughs> I did. His Stanley Cup day was Friday. I did. And he's from Montreal or Quebec. Uh-huh. So he had his uh-huh. Cup day in Quebec at his hometown and that. And, but he took a picture raising the Stanley Cup in front of the Bell Center. Which, right in front of the Bell sign of the Bell yes. Center. Yeah. No Montreal player has ever raised the cup in the Bell Center because it was built after their last Stanley Cup victory in 1993. So that is some expert-level trolling by Alex it was It was expert-level trolling, and yet I'm very concerned for Alex Galorn because I think when he goes to Montreal, somebody's going to remind him of said <laughs> troll outside the Bell Center, and he's going to be wearing... Uh, that that action. So well, it yeah, does but, help uh, that Corey Perry from the Canadians is now on the Lightning to help oh, him in that true. regard. So yes, because Cor- Corey would have been the first one to <laughs> to go to handle him. that, but now he's yeah. Alex's teammate, so he can be his bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, now that was big time. That was that was next level. I mean, I took guts just to stand there with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, poor Canadians. They had a good showing. They, I still think they. I don't know how they got to the final. They probably weren't the best team, but um, you know they beat people, so they mm-hmm. got there. But Lightning trying to go—that's really a cool thing. When um, every every week, every other day or so, you see another player with the Stanley Cup doing his thing. Yeah, Julian really, Breezebois had really his really day. Uh, Matthew Joseph just had his. He was eating poutine out of uh, the Stanley Cup. So cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of in Canada right now the last week or so. It's been traveling throughout Canada for players. Has Luke it Shen made had it? Do you think it'll make it to Russia? Are those guys going to have it over there? Uh, I believe it is going to make it over there at some point, but I don't know for certain. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Great tradition. Fantastic trophy, of course. 
All right. Um, so that's that's kind of what we got coming up. Uh, big series with the Rays and uh, and the Baltimore Orioles as they try to maintain their lead, the American League East, over the Boston Red Sox. We've got the Bucks and the Titans practicing this week. Uh, they'll be back at it again uh, a little later in the afternoon today, I think, at indoor practice. And, um, yeah, we'll do probably a mailbag, I think, on uh, that would be on, what, Tuesday? Yeah, I think Wednesday we're going to do the mailbag. Wednesday? So we'll record okay. it Tuesday. So get your questions in. Yeah, get your questions in. You can do that on Twitter at NFL Stroud at uh, – Sports Day TB or my email address rstroud at tampabay.com. So good week of sports and um, hey, football is right around the corner, man. I think I saw a thing where we're less than three weeks from the start of college football. Uh, uh, well, actually, week zero is next Saturday, the 28th. Really? That was a handful of games, very small okay. amount. And then Thursday, the second, you have more games. Yeah. And then the fir- week one is officially that Saturday, the 4th. But I know there's but yes, a. Uh, we are less than three weeks from that. My wife has informed me that the Badgers are playing Penn State in a fairly big game early on. I don't know okay. when that is, but that's one of the early ones too. So, yeah. So I'm ready for it. I'm ready for. Uh, they're coming to your city. Yeah, ESPN the uh, unveiled their new uh, song or anthem for college football this year. I mean, coming to your city is still the game day song. Right. But, you know, normally it's Imagine Dragons or yeah. Fall Out Boy or something. Now it's more of a hip-hop uh, oh, okay. collaboration cool. called Run It. Uh, they unveiled that on Friday, I believe. So well, that's cool. new New song, new – it's a little different sound because it, it's – the last few years it's always been like the Imagine Dragons, Fall Out Boy type, right. type music. And this year it's a little different. So it's a good song, though. And uh, their hype yeah. video was, as ESPN always is, it was phenomenal. It's terrific, yeah. I'm sure. We'll be talking a lot of college football this week. I'm sure more Rays. So keep it right here every Monday through Friday. We'll keep you uh, abreast of all that's going on on Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Burson, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.